This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Good morning. Morning. I'm Helen. And I'm Phil. And we're going to be taking you through uh, this morning's service. Uh, so a massive welcome uh, if you're watching live or on demand or if you're listening on the podcast. Um, lovely to have you with us. If you are watching us live, uh, let us know in the chat where you are and where you're watching from. Uh, it's lovely to see a couple of you uh, already there. Yeah, welcome, folks. Hope you had, hope you managed to sleep last night, despite that huge thunderclap. Oh, it hasn't helped, has it? Oh. Hasn't helped. Left out of bed. Right. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, so this morning uh, we're going to be carrying on with our fruitfulness on the front lines series, uh, which started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, then we had a great weekend last weekend with Andy Hickford uh, for our church weekend, who um, spoke on the theme of "Go Tell the World," uh, which was really nice. And he was going like, "Yeah, go tell Hawley, then we can tell the world," um, which is which is really nice. I missed that. I was sad because we were on holiday, so I'm quite, but you mentioned it's on the podcast. Gosh, yeah. doesn't it? you can you can listen back you can indeed so either check out our youtube channel or um wherever you get your podcasts from um it'll be uploaded there as well so you can go back and listen to it um because i didn't get much of a chance to listen either because of my son so i've listened back to the bits that i'm well, starting to listen back to the bits that i missed on my commute to and from work well done um, so I do recommend it because he was great. And then today, Martin is going to be continuing that series, um, looking actually modelling godly character and actually what that means and how we do it. And we've got a little video uh, that speaks a bit more about it. Hearts soften. Wounds heal. People set free. Home, school, work. A nation changed day by day. So welcome to the guys who are watching online. It's great to have you uh, with us. Uh, we are continue our series, Fruitfulness on the Frontline, and we didn't have um, a, a, a part last week because we had an amazing church weekend, and Annie Hickford uh, was speaking to us and sharing with us about Go Tell the World. And if you missed that, you can catch up on our YouTube uh, channel. But two weeks ago, Daz spoke to us about fruitfulness on the front line. He talked about the front line, which I explained earlier, which is the place where God has put us and where we interact, where we meet other people. And where if you're a follower of Jesus, then you can be Jesus in that place, be it your workplace, your home, or a place of um, leisure. And he gave to us the six M's that we're going to be looking at over the course of the next month uh, and a bit. And I'm not going to go through all those M's, but the M we're looking at this morning is modeling godly character. Modeling godly character. Question for you. Have you ever experienced a grumpy barista? 
A great, yeah, we've got a few nods here. You go into a coffee shop, you want to get a coffee, you go to the counter, and you know, I, I like to try and make eye contact, try to smile, try and brighten their days, and you try and do that, and they just refuse to make eye contact. They're obviously not happy that you're there, or they're not happy that they're there, and they really just want you to get on with it and move on. I found it particularly difficult when we had all the screens up with COVID. Most of those are gone now, but sometimes I just couldn't hear them and they couldn't hear me. And they got grumpier and grumpier and grumpier. And there is actually a coffee shop. I'm not going to say what it is. There's a coffee shop in Hawley that I don't go to anymore because I just the staff were just too grumpy. There wasn't anything wrong with the coffee, but they've got a lovely range of cakes, but I just don't want to go there anymore because of the grumpy baristas. See, when it comes down to it, in business, in the hospitality industry, sometimes we can have an amazing product that's been offered by a hotel or a coffee shop or any place that we go to, but regardless of how good that product is, we are put off by the staff. And so hospitality people go to great lengths to try and give their staff the training so, they are, so they're, they're good with the customers. Put your hand up if you're in the hospitality uh, sector. That you work with customers. Got a few, yeah, yeah. You got customers, yeah. Okay, so I've heard it said um, by someone that, that used to run a hotel chain that as churches we are in the hospitality sector because we are wanting to interact with people and welcome people here. And one of our key things here is everyone's welcome. So we need to make sure that we show that in the way that we act because in reality. What's true in business and the hospitality industry is true in life as well. People remember your character much more than how you, good you were at your job or how good the product was that they sold you. They remember what sort of person you are rather than how good you are at tennis or whatever. So what do I mean by character? Well, I would define character as this. The character, your character are the qualities, both mental and moral, that a person possesses that makes them distinct, makes them different from everyone else. You have certain qualities, you have a character that makes you different from any other person on the planet. They're the things that make you, you. The way you act, the way you speak, the way you do things, the way you treat others, your attitude to life and work and people, all these things, whether you like it or not, define who you are in the eyes of others. And you may have a picture of who you want to be as a person, but sometimes that can be undermined or changed by the way people see you act, by your character. Now, we can always put up a front for an hour or so. You could come to church and you can go, I can make it through church and be a really nice person, but for the rest of the week, I'm a right ogre. See, when I talk about character, we talk about consistency. Your character is not what you are or who you are or how you act on your best day. Your character is how you are on every day. Having said that, we all have bad days. Who has bad days occasionally? Who's occasionally grumpy? Yeah, who's occasionally a little bit stressed? 
Who occasionally, we've got hands going up, yeah, all over the place. Who occasionally loses their temper? See, we, we have grace and forgiveness, and we have it with our friends and each other, don't we? That sometimes we just have a bad day. So we're looking at what are we across all our days? What's our average? What are we like most of the time? See, the reality is we can sometimes be blind to our character. And sometimes that can be a bad thing. And we can see things that maybe see, people see as a fault, and we can see it as being a positive. So we might think, well, I'm a very helpful person. Whereas everyone else thinks you're interfering. You can say, I'm very strong-willed. I know my mind. Other people just say they're domineering. Some people will say, I'm a truth-teller. Have you ever heard people say that? I'm a truth-teller. I, you know, I speak my mind. Other people think they're rude and cruel. But for the majority of us, I would imagine, we don't often realize how good we actually are and the good that people see in us. We can sometimes think that we are really rubbish and we're just so grumpy all the time where other people see something completely different. Let me tell you a true story. Louise worked for an absolute ogre. She was PA to probably the most unreasonable boss in Buckinghamshire. He was bad-tempered, he was changeable, he was indifferent to other people, and she worked for him for three years. She prayed for strength, she prayed that he would change, but he didn't. And she often felt like a failure. In the end, she just couldn't take it any longer and she left, feeling like she'd let God down. Three weeks later, the woman who replaced her called her up and said, he is impossible. I've been here three weeks and I'm already thinking about leaving. How did you do it? I talked to other people and they said, you were fantastic. You were patient. You were gracious. You were always upbeat despite his impossible ways. How did you do it? How did she do it. I remember, I haven't always had this job, which most of you will probably know. I did actually work in the real world at one point, if you can call a school the real world. Uh, and I had work colleagues, and I had people that I, I saw regularly. And, and I have to be coming towards the end of my time. I look back and I thought, oh God, I let you down. In so many ways, I let you down in the way I acted, you know, talking behind people's back, being grumpy with the kids, sometimes more than grumpy with the kids, sometimes losing my temper with other members of staff. These things happen when you spend time with other people, particularly if in a, in a maybe a slightly stressful situation. And time and time again, I thought how much I'd let God down. And yet when I came to leave teaching, and um, they knew that I was going to Bible college, trained to be a minister, and they, they had a party with me, not without me, the fact I was leaving... <laughs> And it was so lovely, the fact that they shared with me how much they appreciated me working with them. In fact, one of them even told my parents how much they liked it. So often we don't realize what other people see in us, the goods they see in us. They saw it in Louise, and Louise didn't see it in herself. She just saw herself as a failure. So how did she do it. See, Louise was in a difficult 
you could say, an uncomfortable position that she managed to stick with for three years. And because she's stuck with it, we often find that when we're in difficult, uncomfortable situations, those are the times when we grow the most. And she grew, she grew at that time, and her character shone through. But she only knew that because someone told her. We often don't know. It's not until someone tells us. I'd rather it wasn't at my funeral. I'd rather it was told when I'm still alive. And that's the challenge to you guys. And I just one challenge just to go out into the week uh, before we carry on. Is there someone you just want to affirm their character and just say, I really love the way that you do this. I really love the way. I'm really impressed by the way you are with this person because otherwise they might not know. So how does she do it? Well, see, Louise was a Jesus follower. She modeled godly character, which is what we're talking about this morning. And she modeled godly character because God was working in her life. See, I'm a Jesus follower. We have people who are Jesus followers uh, in this room. And we believe that when you follow Jesus, you're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit comes and dwells within you. And the thing is, the strange thing is, when you have the God that created the universe dwelling within you by his Holy Spirit, that will change you. If it doesn't, there's something wrong. It has to change you. And you start to act differently. You start to behave differently. It may happen very quickly. It may happen over a very long period of time. Maybe a mixture of both. And we call this change. We call this behavior, this outward behavior, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to turn to, in the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, and the words are going to appear on the screen uh, behind me. There are some Bibles just at the back. Feel free to go and grab one. Um, Galatians is a letter written by Paul, one of the uh, leaders of the early church, who had a particular mission to, to non-Jews, uh, to the, uh, the people living around uh, Israel who weren't Jewish. And he wrote this to the church in Galatia. I'm going to read um, chapter 5, verses 13 to 6, 26. I'll just explain a few bits as we go along. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, he's just spoken at the beginning of chapter 5 about the fact that we are free in Christ. Jesus has set us free. So he's talking to two different groups of people. He's talking to the Jews and the non-Jews. The Jews, they had a the security of being God's chosen people but they had to really work hard for it. At this time, they were, they were told they had to follow laws and regulations of which there were hundreds. And despite that security of being God's people, they had to watch everything they ate and they did and touched. And it was hard work. And they were weighed down by the burden of that. Now, the non-Jews were very different. They, had, they were free to do pretty much whatever they wanted but what they didn't have was the security of being God's chosen people. And actually, the gods they worshipped could be capricious, they could be cruel. They never knew whether their crops were going to be fine or whether their crops were going to be fair. They were always constantly at the mercy of their gods. And what Paul is saying is that because of Jesus, you can be free. You can be free from the obligations of having to work for your faith, and you can be free from suffering under some idea of the gods who you can't trust to look after you in your life. But you are children of God, and because of Jesus, you are free from the obligations that some of the Jews were trying to impose on them. You've got to, it, 
one of the key things was if you were a man, you had to be circumcised. I'm so glad that didn't happen in this church. You are free, but, and this is where Paul continues, but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, rather serve one another through love. So Paul has a separation like a, on this wise, you've got the flesh. And he talks about your sinful nature, all the bad things you want to do, your motive being yourself. Then he talks about the spirit and doing things out of loving others. It goes on. It says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. See, Paul's saying, what is your motive? What is the driving force behind everything you do? See, regardless of whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you have a motive for the things that you do, even if you don't necessarily know what that is. And is that motive about serving, loving others, or is that motive about loving and serving yourself? Because your motive, your driving force behind the things that you do will come out in your character the way people see you, the way people define you. What is the driving force? I remember when I was doing my teacher training, I didn't really want to be a teacher. Um, I got to the end of university. I did an engineering degree. I pretty quickly found out in the first term I wasn't a very good engineer. And I got to the end, I thought, what can I do? Because I don't want to do engineering that will keep me in university. They'll pay me money, and I could just have a fun time. I know what it is, teaching. So um, I did that for a year uh, at university, and in my second placement working for a high school in uh, Nottingham, and um, one of the teachers took me to one side and said, do you want to be a teacher? I went, don't really know. He says, because we can tell. My motive was myself rather than serving those children, and they saw that. And if the teacher saw it, the kids saw it as well. What is your motive, your driving force? Is it love for others or is it love for yourself? Paul continues in verse 16. So I say then, live by the Spirit and you will certainly not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict. So Paul's got this war within each one of us between our selfishness, and our willingness to serve others between the flesh and the spirits. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not, not to do whatever you want. You can't just be free to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So you're not restricted by this Jewish law. You're not condemned. You've not got this impossible word that you need to do, but you're also not free to do whatever you like instead. And Paul then goes in verse 19 just to show what the acts of the flesh, our selfish desires are. It says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. Immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's the one side, the selfish self-seeking flesh side. But then Paul goes on to say what the fruits of God's spirit working within us, that selflessness, that about loving our neighbor. Those, those qualities that Louise in our story exhibited even though she didn't realize it. Paul says this, in contrast, 
The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. See, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. They've put to death, they've sacrificed that old way of living. They are living a new life as a new creation. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envious of one another. Think about your life. Think about your family, your friendships, your workplace. Which, which, one would you, which list would you rather see in those places? Would you rather see the flesh list or rather see the spirit list? Let's have a vote for... No, let's not have a vote for flesh. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious what you would like to see in your workplace. And think about yourselves. What would you like to see yourself exhibiting in your life what would you like to be known by how would you like people to view you and the first thing is to really just think about what are your motives for doing what you do are you self-seeking are you doing it for what you will get are you only in it for the money are you only in it for the prestige and the power are you only in it for the authority the ability to be able to boss people around or are you in it because you want to love people, serve people, help people? What's that motive? And if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not something you need to work hard at. Paul's trying to say you have freedom from having to work hard, but actually you have God's Spirit within you. Last week, um, Andy spoke about um, in church, we want to welcome people. We want to, um, what was it? The bees. Someone, someone point it out. Remember what it is, Christy? So we often do believe. We expect you to believe you want to be part of the church and behave. And if you believe and behave, then we'll let you belong. We want to do it the other way where you belong, the hope that you'll believe. And if you believe, then you'll behave. In other words, when you welcome Jesus into your life, when you have God's spirit in you, that will change you. And you will start to behave. You will start to exhibit those really amazing, wonderful fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So I'm going to pray for you now. I'm going to pray that wherever you are, you will exhibit a character that is attractive to people that draw people to you. And then after that, we're going to have some time. We can just, uh, rather than questions, they're going to be things I want you to pray for going forward into your week, onto your front line. I'm going to pray for you now. Lord Jesus, I pray for each one of us. Each one of us have a front line. Each front line is different. It's distinctive. And Lord God, you want us to bless people on those front lines. You want us to shine like stars. You want us to, to be a positive contribution to our community rather than a drain on it. So just pray for each one of us that we will get our motives right.
and that will come out in the character that people will notice. Let's pray that Lord God will accept that challenge to go and tell someone about the good that we see in them. But Lord Jesus, I just pray that your spirit will come now. Come and fill us. Come and change us so that we will shine like stars. And Lord Jesus, that we will reflect your character and your glory in the places we find ourselves. We thank you, Lord God, that you forgive us when we mess up. That you understand that we can't be perfect every day. In fact, we are far from it. And we thank you that because of Jesus that we are free from that condemnation. But we just pray you help us to grow and to be better and to shine brighter. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ask that God will help you to show more of his love this week. Ask that God will forgive you for those times you have failed to model godly character. Thank God that he is with you on your front line and ask that he will increasingly shape your character. Martin uh, for sharing that with us um, mm. very good and yeah. as per usual a nice balance of encouraging and challenging yeah absolutely um, yeah and it is it is tricky though isn't it because you have a you wake up and you have a bad morning and you go into work and you think how good an example of what of Jesus was I you know yeah. in that place because you do have those moments don't you where you're you're dealing with all sorts of stuff yeah and that's really when the rubber hits the road can we can we model that sort of character when it's tough, when it's difficult? Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, I think what we what can be found is, you know, it's easier when you're entry level. And then mm. sometimes the higher you go, the more stressful things sometimes get traditionally. Yeah. And therefore, actually, those other pressures come in. So therefore, other, you know, that patience that you might have had early doors might be starting mm. to slip. Mm. At which point that then affects those who are below as such but actually then like in the story of louise that he was sharing actually then she then really struggles and she probably gets you know more mm. angry and less patient and whatever because of the influence of her so it's not even just when we don't 
model godly character is only affecting us actually mm. it then affects everyone around us and affects almost their ability to yeah. model godly character as well because you know yeah. louise in that story super struggled you know i've had many bosses before some great some not so great and yeah. actually yeah. i in the bosses that were not so great my godly character definitely got worse as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does influence um, you doesn't yeah. it yeah and it is about influence, I think. I think it's about because you think of bosses that you've had, who who are Christ followers and disciples of Jesus, and they and they they just model it, and it's amazing that the influence they have yeah. on their whole work environment, on the people who want to work there, yeah. on their suppliers and distributors, and all the people that are connected to it, and it, we underestimate how massive an influence oh. it can be. Yeah, I um, once worked uh, for a, uh, someone who was, um, you know, very much, you know, Christ follower, very much Jesus follower. Um, and the patience and gentleness and self-control, mm. you know, and things from that fruit of the spirit list um, that she just sort of mm. emanated. It just radiated out throughout the place. Yeah. And actually that can have such a positive effect as well, you know, where you've got someone who, you know, potentially isn't and someone who definitely is. It does become yeah. a battle of who's going to win here. Um, yeah. Often, funnily enough, as these things often do. But yeah. she was very sort of maintained patience, maintained kindness, maintained yeah. self-control and was just the sort of like light that just shone through um, and just affected everyone who sort of came into contact with her. Yeah, um, yeah. and just had that sort of sense of peace and you're like oh god is here yeah, yeah. like and yeah. it was just lovely um and actually we we're called to do that too we are um, and not just to work is it because we yeah. always tend to end up thinking about work don't we but it's at home as well yeah it's about how can i you know how can i model some i mean who doesn't want a home and a partner who is full of love grace kindness gentleness self-control yeah. who doesn't want oh, that yeah yeah, as we sure. careful, my partner's watching. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking. Uh, <laughs> that. I was just thinking. Yeah, Claudia's watching this. She said, well, "When are you going to do that then?" Yeah, but yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Yeah. It is about that, isn't it? Yeah. And keeping keeping true to yourself and saying, actually, I need to have some integrity here, and that's yeah. what I need to work on. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, yeah, and so it's real encouragement and a real challenge. It is. And as you say, you know, we, when we think about work and actually it's at home and it's when you're in the longest queue in Tesco's mm. or it's, you know, when the person in front of you, you know, has to have an entire rescan when they've done the scan <laughs> themselves at Tesco's and then you've bought, you know, one box of paracetamol and you have to wait for the lady to come and yeah. okay it because this other person can't scan their shopping. And you're like, oh, it's okay. I've got all the patients in the world. You're it's looking fine. at your watch. It's not a problem. Yeah. It's okay because it's clearly an uh, honest error. And actually, we, we all have a front line. You know, this series yeah, being do. called, you know, fruitfulness on the front lines. Actually, we all, we all have a front line. Um, it's not like you know people are retired, but I'm like, sure I haven't got to work anymore. That means I have I can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, as you say, it's it's at home. It's yeah. Um, at the play park with your grandkids. It's yeah. you know, at the job centre when you're dealing with that person who's telling you to apply for the same job yet again that you applied for last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, it's actually modelling those things again and yeah. again. And, again. and it's in the small things, isn't it? I don't think it's about the big things. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not some grandiose gesture at work or whatever, or at home. I think it's about the day-to-day -day stuff yeah. of 
of being patient with people, of doing kind, of thinking of kind things. We had a little campaign at work, um, our chaplaincy team, and we said, uh, well, let's do 40 days of kindness. We did it yeah. for Lent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody, we gave everybody an idea of what they could like, maybe write a card to someone today and to say how much you appreciate them or nice. just acknowledge somebody's done a good job yeah. today or buy someone a coffee today yeah. who you don't really know very well and just give them a gift. Yeah. A simple gift that might cost you a couple of quid, but, yeah. but just something that says you're being kind. And, and I'm sure that just, it's the little things like that. Yeah that can make a huge difference to somebody's day or week yeah my um my sister once when she went through the mcdonald's drive through she ordered too many chips on purpose and then told them to give one of the things of chips yeah. to the car behind yeah, yeah and actually we then parked up in the car park um to eat our mcdonald's um after our youth group as we always used to do and actually we saw this other car actually their faces lit up as they were unpacking there sort of like <laughs> we have extra chips and you can see as they were driving Where out they're looking from? at these chips really confused but like just and actually it brought them such joy and it was 99p to my sister it was you know it was nothing yeah um yeah and it's amazing and if they work out why do those people do that it makes it poses a question doesn't it it does buy something for the person behind you in the queue buy theirs and see what happens it will make it's amazing yeah like in in waitrose they're allowed to like give you free things every now and again at the checkout tonight and so my son's forever getting free biscuits because he's cute and he's there like holding his biscuit like yeah you can have that one we don't need to scan it and things like you know and actually it makes our day so much nicer when he gets a free dinosaur biscuit thanks waitrose yeah um yeah And it might take, it might initially be, you have to consciously think about doing these things, but if you do it enough, it becomes a habit and it just naturally happens. So it's about doing that, isn't it? And that is challenging. It's challenging for me and probably challenging for you, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And if it's challenging for you, um, then why not share this with someone else? And actually, if you think actually that person can really do with hearing this, send it to them, share it on your socials, share it, you know, directly to someone. Um, and actually maybe it'll encourage and challenge them um, as well as yourself. Mm. Um, you never know, you know, I share every now and again things to my warm people are like, oh my word, Helen, that thing that you shared, I hadn't even thought about them, that person watching it. Um, so it's always worth um, just, you know, just popping it out somewhere, popping it on your Insta story, um, whatever, and actually send someone. But maybe actually you've got to the end of this and you're going, but I don't know where I fit with this. And I don't know mm-hmm. actually what does that actually mean for this? And this fruit of the spirit lark, what I need that unpacking a bit more. And maybe you actually have come away with this with more questions than you started. Um, or maybe there's something just lingering that, you know, Martin and or we, you know, have left you with and you're going, but I don't know what to do with that. Drop us an email um, at gotquestions at hollybaptist.org.uk um, and someone will get back to you um, with either, you know, a signpost in another direction um, or with some explanation and answers. Um, so, yeah, do get in contact with on that um, and we would love to um, help move that forwards as well. That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at hollybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day.
If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Hawley Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Hawley Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Hawley Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.